nearly six. So you're five. Say so you're five. <laughs> mm. I love that. Me too. Um, that has a lot to do with what we're going to talk about. Are we recording? Yep. So welcome back to our spoo How does it feel to not have to record two episodes a night? Oh my god. We're going to get done so early tonight because I don't even know what I'm going to do with the rest of my night. I mean, you could do anything. If you could do anything, you could do you. That would definitely, that's definitely going to be me tonight. I'm going to get home before 10 o'clock tonight, and I'm going to have no fucking clue what to do. Honestly, Don't I was driving over. too soon, bitch. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was driving over here tonight, um, and I was like, oh my god, it's already dark. It's kind of it's, daylight savings I know, time. Fuck it. It's all so fucked up. Um, I woke, when, when we, uh, when I went out on Monday, and then I got back from tutoring, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to walk the dogs, and I was like, I'm so scared. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, the dog. So whenever daylight savings happened uh, on Sunday, the dog started like asking because they always start asking for food at five thirty, and so they started asking for food at four thirty a.m. No, p.m. Okay. No. Oh. If Bailey woke me up at four thirty, she would be stabbed. <laughs> no one fucks with my sleep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, ma'am. Makes sense. Carter's been waking up at six fifty-two. Yeah, instead of seven fifty-two. Yeah. 752. Oh, that's a scandal reference. You won't understand that. Anyways. Nope. Um, yeah, so the dogs have been begging for food, and I'm like, get the fuck out of my face. I'm done with all of you. So now I've been feeding them deliberately at 7 p.m. now. So that's even, like, th- two hours later than they're used to. So, so I'm like... Four so. months from now, they can be like, wow, we're getting fed at the same time. <laughs> this is normal. <laughs> exactly. What so I'm thinking six months uh, ahead right now. <laughs> For spring forward. How many um, times does daylight savings time happen? Twice two a year? Times. I think it was more than once. Fall, fall back, spring forward. Mm. We should get rid of that. Yeah, it we really make any should. sense anymore. It's so stupid. Anyway. But we'd ha- I think okay. this is not daylight savings time right now. So we'd have to get used to this time, I believe. What? I think, I think I, someone can tell me if I'm wrong. Please tell me if I'm wrong. Because I don't think I, I think actually know. I think this is Hold daylight on. savings time. And then later, it will be daylight, not daylight savings time. Because it gets lighter earlier, and we wake up earlier. No. I'm right. Daylight savings time 2019 in Texas began on 2 a.m. Sunday, March 10th, and ended at 2 a.m. on Sunday, November 3rd. So Hmm. we are not in daylight savings time right now. So if we got rid of daylight saving time, we'd have to get used to this time right now. And what time would it be? 730. 830? 730. 730. But we'd have to be used to it getting dark this early. I'm fine with that. Okay. Because what time does it normally get dark in the summer? Fucking well, the summer 930? Gets, yeah, 9 o'clock, 930. I'm but then it would get dark cool at 8 that. or 830. That sounds better. No, I like the dark happening later. No, I wanted to get dark earlier. Nope. Okay. So that I can... It's spoopier. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> Pitch. I like to be able to. Well, I guess I can sleep earlier. I bet, yeah, okay. I'm okay with <laughs> <laughs> Really, either way, it's fine. I don't care at all. If I can go to bed earlier, then that's fine by me. <laughs> Perfect excuse. I saw a meme today that was like um, for someone who really likes sleep, a bitch doesn't go to sleep early enough. <laughs> Goes to sleep at what? Noon? Not noon. Noon? <laughs> Wakes up at 8.30. <laughs> calls it a day at about 
10.30. What's so sad is that I've always gotten midnight and noon mixed up so many times in my life that I always go, oh my God, it's almost noon. It's like, it's midnight, Chris. <laughs> in the middle of the day. Oh my God, it's almost midnight. <laughs> oh my God. The night should be a Basically moniker that you every, understand. Everything, that's, everything that says 12 is noon to me. Like, I don't get them mixed up. I just call everything noon. <laughs> I like to say noon 30 sometimes. Okay, I've heard that before. You know? That's not weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, I just wanted us to nail down a schedule for Drag Race UK uh, on air, because I think that's going to make it better for us. What do you mean? Do we want to release UK episodes? So, we, I mean, honestly, we both have to get Wild Presents. Yeah, we had to have figure that have out. A joint, joint account. Yeah. Um, Maybe do we want to plan for, because, uh, did I already do my, I think I might have already done my promo look okay. uh, things, which probably doesn't matter at all. And we should just skip to the first episode <laughs> Yeah, just now. go to the first episode. Uh, Wait, when, do we have an idea when uh, All Stars 5 is supposed to be released? Because that's um, the next thing out, right? That or Drag Race Australia. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Or Germany. Oh my or Lord. Germany. <laughs> Um, my internet is not going fast. Okay, let me see. Drag, you, mm, well, we don't even know the, officially know the queens yet. All Stars 5. I think we all know that Shea Coulee's on, though. Yeah. Announced on August 19, 2019. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Um, premiere date says late 2019. Um, so that's in, we got a month. Yeah. A month in month ish. So we need to start UK then. <laughs> yeah. If as we're soon going as, to do if it. we're going to do it as soon as possible. Uh, do we want to double up we like can. normal Two two episodes every week? Yeah. Uh-uh. Sold. <laughs> What we gotta do wait so. two two episodes of Ru- rupaul's drag race uk each week is that what you're saying no oh i was like oh my god you're gonna kill me do our regular oh where okay we add on an episode of drag race to a spoopy okay so then what happens when all star five all stars five comes out we get a late start to that oh either god. that or we record on fridays but don't do, do f- that can you hear that yes oh how because it's the wires in there that are going around each other. Anyways, uh, maybe Fridays before L tags. Yeah, maybe. We'll when, see. Yeah, well, we'll when we get closer, out, we can get. Yeah, there. when we'll have to figure out what day it's actually going to be released and what days they're actually going to be released on. Because if they're released on a Thursday, I would prefer not waiting until the next Wednesday to talk about that episode. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Saying. See. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um. So we didn't figure out anything. No, we definitely did not. Anyways, uh, so we'll I record UK on Wednesdays. Let's start recording forward? next week. Okay. <laughs> figure it out. Because um, they're past the Snatch Game now, which is honestly the best part. Yeah. And, uh, How many episodes in are they? Like five? I have no idea, but there's eight queens on Snatch Game, and they started with 13. Oh, so they're like five, six episodes six in. Six episodes in, yeah. Um, Kind of like ketchup. <laughs> we need to find literal English people because I imagine their humor is not going to, uh, it's going to be a little bit above above our heads a bit. Do you know any English people? No. Neither do I. I, I get used to a know one from bit. the front runners, but I think I scared them. Yep. 
Sounds reasonable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's no follow-up to that. on brand for you. Um, I get British humor a little bit. Do you Do you ever watch any British I've humor? I've been watching a lot of Great British Bake Off lately, and the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> no British comedies? No, I do. Some of the things that they, they say um, I pick up on and it cracks me up. Um, just because they all like crack each other up, but some of the words that they say, I don't know what they mean, Bugger and off. I'm too afraid to look them up. Like, the, especially when they're describing cakes, they're always like, "Oh, that's a bit claggy." I'm like, "What the fuck does claggy mean?" Claggy or, or craggy? Claggy. It's just kind of like. Yep. We, I think we'd probably say shaggy, like it's not coming together correctly. Okay, and then um, stodgy. Not soggy, stodgy. It's too hard. Oh, I don't think that that's... I've never heard of either of those words. But I never looked them up, and I, I'm too afraid to at this point, so <laughs> don't look them up. There's I don't want to know. There's this woman that I like to watch called Nigella Lawson, mm -hmm. and she makes she has a cooking show. And she always says, you got to wodge the bread together. Instead of lodge the bread or, like, squish, you got to wodge it. Hmm. Don't look them up. I don't want to know the, the words. I don't, know what they, don't want to know what they mean. Um, I looked up... No, don't tell me what it means. I like the mystery of watching them and having no idea what they mean. I was wrong. Okay. Good. No, I was somewhat right. No, don't tell me. Okay. I like the mystery, and so I keep telling So you. why won't you ever figure it out? Then you're never going <laughs> to fucking know what they're talking about. I like to scream at the TV and say, what the fuck does claggy mean? You goddamn bitch. <laughs> you. Shit. <gasps> um, Cassie's going to kill you. Yep. So I imagine their humor is going to have that British trend to it. And the only thing that I've ever really seen where I get a lot of British humor is dated. Dated. Like, like I used to love Ab Fab and IT Crowd. I don't know what either of those things are. They're British comedies. But their humor is just more like, it's one, it's like slapstick. Mm -hmm. And then two, it's just like self-deprecating. Yeah. And that's not American humor. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like that's you're also talking about drag queens at this point. So they're going to probably be slapstick and uh, self-deprecating. But the references. Well. I think the references are going to be the hard part. Oh, yeah. Um, anyways. Well, also reference like British history and British like, I mean, RuPaul's Drag Race references all sorts of people as well. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that means. Oh, I don't know it all. Okay, sure. Sure, Jan. I've seen Paris is Burning 300 times. They're not, ju not just Paris is Burning. <laughs> and like, I listen to LTX, okay? Some of the people they bring on Snatch Game, I'm like, I don't know who the fuck that is either. Most of the time I know. Except when uh, Robbie Turner did that girl where she says, she pops a pill, RuPaul. Oh, she pops a pill. That's the... Um, She's like a Vogue editor, but yeah. I've never seen her before. I knew that. I knew who that was. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, this is not the Worldwide Humor Podcast. Um, this is Our Spoopy Podcast at OurSpoopyPodcast.com. Worldwide Humor. We are the funniest bitches around. I mean... Excuse me? If this was translated into different languages, bitches, it would be over yeah. for you. Uh, sometimes we try and translate it into different languages. It does not go well. <laughs> Honey, I'm going to do a lot of that this oh, episode. <laughs> Um, so is my fern, my turn first? My, my first is my, my fern? first. My ferns? My ferns, okay. yes. Um, so keeping with my theme of International November, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to go for a classic urban legend that appears worldwide. Mm -hmm. Worldwide, baby. Worldwide. Bitch. Stories. <laughs> Spoop. Uh, so I would say the country, but it comes from different ones, and I'll get into it when we go <clears> forward. 
Mm. Um, what is it? It's Siren. Ooh. Ooh, bitch. <laughs> I did it specifically so I could squeeze a lot of countries in. Okay. Um, and hit a lot of different places? Yeah, a, a lot. Pretty much anywhere, oh, bitch. Oh, Lord. Anywhere, bitch. So I will do the first one for you. I'll pick the first one, but then I'll give you some choices. Oh, God. Is this one of those, like, choose your own adventure? It's just choose the country, and then I'll tell you about it. Oh, okay. So <clears throat> we'll start out with Greece. Okay. Which is not technically the originator of Sirens, but is the nomiker of sirens so mm -hmm. i think that's a good place to start define nomiker for moniker people who, moniker who are moniker. <laughs> the, who on this podcast are listening and don't know what that means the w place where the the name comes from oh, okay so greece i'm glad i knew exactly what that meant i'm just helping out anyone who was listening and didn't know what etymology entomology and entomology entomology and etymology there you go. both of them <laughs> together bugs and people's names words words same <laughs> so <clears throat> greece <laughs> sirens are the second most popular from this brand of urban legend um, what about the I, kraken is n n not the same oh continue uh -huh. um <laughs> So sirens hail from Greece, uh -huh. um, and they're referred to in many ancient texts, the most famous of which is Odysseus. Uh, sirens were created by the uh, goddess Persephone, which not technically true, and I didn't want to go back and change my words because that was a lot of work, and I wrote eight pages. Um, so they were human-like, but after... Wait, they were not created by Persephone? They weren't created, per se. They were servants of Persephone. Persephone. Oh, okay. So they were human-like, but after Persephone was raped and they were uh, they failed to prevent it, they were cursed and changed from their human-like forms. Um, what do you think? What do you think a siren looked like? Um, oh, from what I understand from Greek mythology, they looked like beautiful women up until no, no, they sounded like beautiful women, and they apparently looked like demons, right? Like, <laughs> like they had they had like wings and like. Beaks and claws. So they had a uh, half woman, half bird. Oh, so okay. their their top was full woman. Sometimes they had wings. Sometimes they had human arms. But the bottom was full on bird. Oh, okay. Um, they uh, some uh, some lore notes them to be men, uh, but the references cease around the fifth century BCE. Uh, BC, not BC. Uh, so they came in all different variations of birds. Some of them were BC and BCE are the same thing. Before Christ. Before a common era. Whatever. <laughs> we, all, we already figured out that you're not a Christian today. <laughs> I'm understand. just putting that out there. Harold be my name. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, <clears throat> so they were all different variations of birds. Some of them would be like sparrows. Some of them would be pigeons. Some of them would be hawks. But they Imagine were all being a birds. pigeon siren. I mean, a tiny little face. Just... <laughs> With smaller, eyes pointing different directions, like. <laughs> um, so they were noted to be terrific singers, um, and that n directly stems from them being birds. Um, they are noted to be the children of Achilles and Chiope. 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 Chiope? It said Chiope on hmm. Wikipedia. I don't know. Or. Melpomene, Terpsichore, and Phorcus. Also, Stereope and Ceto. So, uh, these are all Greek gods and goddesses. Mm -hmm. I have heard 
Achilles and Sito are the gentleman callers, and Melpomene, Kylope, Terpsichore, and Forces are the women callers. So they had sex with multiple women, which I think is common in Greek mythology. Oh, yeah. Brothers, um, sisters, men, women. Everyone just fuck just each other. Around, just girl. go enjoy. It's fine. Just get it. <laughs> um, but mostly they're born from Achilles and Chiope, Terpsichore, and Melpomene. Um, so according to Greek Neoplatonist philosopher Proculus, uh, Plato said that there were three kinds of sirens, celestial, generative, and purificatory, or cathartic. The first were under the government of Zeus, and the second were under that of Poseidon, um, and the third, that of Hades. So while the soul is in heaven, the sirens seek by harmonic motion to unite the divine life of the celestial host. When in Hades, to conform to the to conform the soul to internal infernal regiment, but when on earth, their only job is to produce generation of which the sea is emblematic. So in heaven, the sirens are like, get with get with us. We're good. In Hades, they're like, you gotta you gotta follow hell. And then while they're on earth, it's like, just come to the sea. Just come hang out with us. You know, it's cool. We don't really have a, a, a big schedule going on. <laughs> so anytime you want to fit us in, just it'd be good. Hop on over. Uh, so there are seven significant sirens in, in Greek mythology. And I'm going to butcher these because there were no pronunciation guides for these. I love that. <laughs> a Lygia. Molpe, Parthenope, Pisino, and T-H-E-L-X-O-I-P-E. T-T-O. T-H-E-L-X-I-O-P-E. Thelxipi. Thelxipi. Thelxipi or something like that. Anyways, whatever. If you're Greek, let us know. But I don't even know that you guys still talk like that. (laughs) Yeah. So whatever. It's like ancient Greek. Um, (laughs) So these seven star intermittently in different mythological works. In Ovid's classic, uh, they're described as companions of Persephone. When Persephone is abducted by Hades, Demeter gives them wings to go search for her. Or uh, in Fabulae by Hyzenus, they are noted to be cursed by Demeter for failing to prevent her rape. So I thought in Greek mythology, Persephone was just like the sweet daughter of the goddess of fertility, right? And she was just out in the farm and Hades just came and took her. She had little servants back then too? Yeah. Oh. I never heard the story. I guess I did not hear the story. Well, there's multiple different stories of how she was taken. That's true. Um, It depends on who you listen to, but either way, she had servants and that's how sirens were created. Mm. Um, In another fable, the sirens are challenged to a singing contest by Hera, queen of the gods, against the muses. The muses win the contest, and as a prize, they pluck all the feathers off the sirens and make crowns out of them. Um, Stephanus of Byzantium wrote, Out of their anguish of losing, they turned stark white and fell into the sea, where they formed the islands known as Lukai, modern-day Suda. So Greek islands. Yeah. Um, in Argonautica, 3rd century BC, Jason had been warned by Chiron that Orpheus would be necessary in his journey. When Orpheus heard their voices, he drew out his lyre and played his music more beautifully than they, drowning out their voices. One of the crew, however, the sharp-eared hero, Butes, 
heard the song and leapt in the sea, but he was caught up and carried safely away by the goddess Aphrodite. So she saved him. Oh yeah, that bitch. She was like, well, "He kind of cute. You ain't gonna snatch my man, girl. Why are you trying to get my man, <laughs> Sirens?" Because everyone is my man. Okay. I'm, I mean, it's Aphrodite. The Greek goddesses were just like, "Come." <laughs> they were like, "Come, here. come get this puss. <laughs> I can have as many babies as I want to. Come." Here. <laughs> uh, in her, in the most uh, iconic of the sirens, uh, they're featured in Odysseus by Homer. Um, Odysseus was curious as to what the sirens sang to him, and so, on the advice of Circe, he had all of his sailors plug their ears with big wa- bee wax, big wax, big wax, big wax, big wax. Uh, Ciao. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he tied them to the mast, and he ordered his men to leave him there tied to the mast, no matter how much he would beg. When he heard their beautiful song, he ordered the sailors to untie him, but they bound him tighter. When they had passed out of earshot, Odysseus demonstrated with his frowns to be released. Some Homeric authors state that the sirens were fated to die if someone heard them singing and escaped them. And after Odysseus passed by, they therefore flung themselves into the water and perished and made more islands. I remember that story from reading the entire odyssey i don't think i read the whole thing oh my god it was not that good no it's not trust me the one that sticks out it's to me, good it's just long yeah the one that stood out to me the most was not just that one but um the one with the cyclops where they all dressed like sheep or no they they that's odysseus too yeah that's what i'm saying it's in the odyssey oh yeah yeah um where they hid underneath the sheep to escape Good times. Memories. Classic. 12th grade English. Yeah. Um, so once Christianity surpassed paganism as a religion of Europe, the narrative changed about sirens. But it was not distinguished. No. Very early Christians wrote about sirens, specifically Isidore in his novel Etymology. Quote, they, the Greeks, imagined that there were sirens, three sirens, part virgins, part bird, with wings and claws. One of them sang, another played the flute, and the third played the lyre. They drew sailors, sa- sailors, sailors, uh, decoyed by song to shipwreck. According to truth, however, they were prostitutes who had led travelers down to poverty, and they were said to impose sh- shipwreck upon them. They had Didn't wings. Did they just say virgins? Now they're prostitutes. I mean, <laughs> why are you being Big a hoe? Boobs. Big boobs. <laughs> I love that. There's a buzzing from that. Um, They had wings and claws because love flies and it wounds. Uh, They are said to have stayed in the waves because the waves created Venus. That was just the end of the quote, and I felt like it was important. Created Venus. The is god this is, Venus? Yeah, Venus? but that, now we've gone from Greek to Roman, but this is after Christianity? Yes. And they're borrowing things? Yeah. Um, <coughs> by the time that Renaissance female court musicians known as courtesans filled the role of an unmarried companion and musical performances by unmarried women could be seen as immoral, the creature who could control a man's reason... Female singers became associated with the mythological feature of the siren, mm-hmm. um, who took a half-human, half-animal form, somewhere on the cusp between nature and culture. 
This is kind of witchy like. A bit witchy. A little, a little witchy. A little bit a little witchy. witchy. Um, Can they so, join our bog witch coven? Oh my god, I would love that. Oh my god, that. imagine if we were out on a bog and we had a siren with us. Everybody would listen to the podcast. And then we end up with so many witches in our coven because they'd all come and die. We'd end up with bog They don't really attack women though. And I want women witches. Oh, or okay. gay witches. Yeah, I just what am I going to do with men witches? Well, then I guess we've got to get a man siren. Is that possible? <laughs> Baby, you ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wait, Mariah Carey's uh, Christmas song is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> All I want for Christmas. All the guys. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Oh my God, it smells like fucking lube and white claw in here. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1789, Charles Burney added upon the story um, in a uh, tome known as The General History of Music. Tome. Uh, the name, according to Beauchart, who derives it from the Phoenician, implies a songstress. Hence, it is probable that in the ancient times there may have been excellent singers, but corrupt of morals on the coast of Sicily, who by seducing voyagers gave rise to the fable. Oh. Uh, John Lempierre, in his classical dictionary, wrote, Some suppose that the sirens, a number of levacious women in Sicily, who prostituted themselves to strangers and made them forget their pursuits while they drowned in unlawful pleasures. The etymology of Pochart, who deduces the same from a Phoenician term denouncing a songstress, uh, favors the explanation given in the fable by Dam. Wait, why were the Phoenicians giving a term for Sicilian women? The Phoenicians are, like, over in, like, modern-day Jordan. That's where the Phoenicians were kind of based in. I imagine they travel. Oh, they did, yeah. By boat. Yeah. Um, so the distinguished critics make makes the siren to have been excellent singers, and divesting in the fables respected them of all their terrific features. He supposes that by the charms of music and song, they detained travelers and made them altogether forgetful of their native land. So he said... Sirens weren't like, you die here. They're like, come on down. Let's have sex. You can live here forever. Just we got ca- tomatoes. You, you don't need to go. We got tomatoes. There's hey, pasta. actually, did you know that back in the day, tomatoes used to be considered like the beggar's fruit, essentially? Tomatoes did not used to be like a, a big deal. Kind of like lobsters now. Lobsters used to be like the homeless people's food up I in knew that. the Northeast. But lobsters are still like, oh no, lobsters are expensive now. Yeah. Tomatoes are still cheap. Yeah. No, I know. What I'm, what I'm saying is tomatoes did not used to be a staple like they are in modern-day Italy now. Yes. Because the, the nightshade plants like uh, bell peppers, uh, eggplants, and um, I think eggplants are part of it, and tomatoes, um, they used to be like a – they thought they were poisonous. So they didn't – they just fed them to the homeless people. And they obviously are now part of their diets. <laughs> Surprise! I thought tomatoes came from the New World, too. No. Where'd they come from? Mm-hmm. My next topic is tomatoes. Tomato. How spooky How spooky. is that? <laughs> um, so, but in all, they are said to be singers who lure ships to islands where they cannot land and they end up crashing, killing yep. all aboard. Um, <clears throat> so, next, would you like to hear about Ireland, mm-hmm. Denmark, mm-hmm. Egypt, mm-hmm. or... We'll start with those three. Okay, give me Egypt. Egypt? Egypt mm-hmm. is good. Uh-huh. So, Egypt has the story of El, Na- El Nadaha. 
So in Egypt, they have a legend of a beautiful woman that hangs out by the Nile at night. She's like, what's up? What's up, bitches? Come on down. It's so cool down here. <laughs> Hang out in the reeds with me. Uh, her name you literally... Might die, but it's cool. <laughs> I mean, it was like 90 degrees today. We got And it's like 70 moves. degrees right now. So <laughs> come get these titties. Um, her name literally translates in Egyptian to the caller. She is what the Egyptians would call a djinn. Jin? Jin? DG or DJINN. Have you heard of a jinn before? Mm-hmm. Jinn is a genie. Oh. That's okay. what we would call a genie. <laughs> Not quite the same. <laughs> You'll see. Um, so she is said to have long black hair that flows down her back and she wears transparent robes. So Ooh. you can see them titties. Come on. Come on down, boo boo. Um, so most times she's only out during the full moon. Okay. Uh, she waits for a young man to pass by her and then she calls to them by their name big summer blowout she's like yo (laughs) muhammad come on down you see these titties (laughs) um so she calls to them and and she hypnotizes them um if it's a group of young men she only chooses one to hypnotize not more than one she forces them she's not trying to have an orgy she's trying to get up she is a one man lady okay i'm just gonna eat this one person's face come on down well not quite (laughs) but close um, do you remember the episode of Courage the Cowardly Dog where he befriends a mermaid and there's like a hole in nowhere and he like goes down in the hole and it's water? No. And she he goes and hangs out in her clam with her? Oh, I don't remember that. That was... I mean, the entire show was fucked up. I don't understand Anyways, how anyone was allowed to watch that as I children. think there was a part of... There was an episode of uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog that was specific to El Nadaha. Oh. Anyways... Uh, so she calls to them and hypnotizes them. If it's one man, if it's a group of them, she only chooses one. And she forces them to follow her into the Nile to swim with her. Uh, once they're in the water, she was like, you thought! And she drowns them. Oh, okay. Uh, and so if the young man is a part of the group, generally the people will try to stop her. If they do try to stop her, stop him from swimming with El-Nadaha, um, they won't be able to pull him away, of course, because he's hypnotized. And if they touch him, they're cursed forever. And generally, it leads them to uh, hauntings and, and then suicide. Oh, interesting. Um, so she even calls to men from their homes to the river. Um, her tone is supposed to be a sad and melodic tone. Uh, men in their houses are said to take three days before El Nadaha can convince them to come out at night and suffer the same fate. During the three days, the men are proclaimed to be in a catatonic state before going to drown in the river. It is also said that occasionally she falls in love with some men. Ooh. Um, in that case, she takes them to her underwater cavern where they will have sex for days until eventually she kills them because she's afraid that they will escape from her. Um, she buries all the bones of the men in her underwater cavern and the bodies are never found. Some have alleged to have met El Nadaha, but they have escaped because they have never looked her in the eyes. Okay. You know when this this uh, the main part of the the fable is from? When it's from? Uh huh. Um, Nineteen fifty. I was gonna say eighteen hundreds. Nineteen fifties. I was actually like, gonna say a lot of this sounds like men like thinking about cheating on their wives and like coming up with this like crazy ass dream. They were like, Oh yeah. 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 As a mermaid. Yep. Definitely mermaid. Very (laughs) common theme. Yeah. Throughout all of this. Okay. Um, so that's Egypt's El Nadaha. Okay. So Denmark or Ireland. Denmark. So Denmark, 
Denmark has a song. Do they even have ocean stars? It's just ice. There's a slightly different. Oh, okay. So in they Denmark, into fjords. N- there's no water involved at all. Oh, actually. Okay. <laughs> um, Denmark's uh, fable is called Elverhol, um, and that may be wrong. It's probably but not. whatever. <laughs> the last letter's a J, and I put it in Google Translate because nobody asked me to, and it was an L noise, so Elverhol. Um, so this one's a poem. Uh, that talks about elves that sing to lure men. Oh God! Uh, a young man falls asleep beside an elf mound, beside an elf mound, and some women then attempt to woo the narrator. They're elf maidens, singing so beautifully that the natural world responds. Like rivers stop, the birds stop chirping, wind stops. Um, the narrator, however, resists, grasping his sword. The man is most often rescued by the crowing of a rooster. Uh, although in the Danish A version from the mid 16th century, Jens Biles Visebog, known as Gruntvig, um, <laughs> is saved by the advice of his sister, who has been previously enchanted and is one of the elf maidens. Oh. The ballad usually ends with the moralizing advice to the listeners um, don't fall asleep in the woods. Don't fall asleep next to an elf mound. You know, <laughs> um, I really looked for the original piece, but I couldn't find it because most likely it's in Dutch, and I don't know how to look for stuff well, in you Dutch. Said Denmark, Danish, Danish, whatever. Fuck off. <laughs> <clears throat> so the main, <laughs> shut the fuck up, you fucking bitch. <laughs> Who well, speaks Dutch then? The Netherlands. So it does go across all of these. What? The lowlands is what this this fable is from. Those are very far apart. The Dutch and the Danish? Yeah. They're not that far apart. They're split by several countries. No, they're not. Yes, they are. Am I not understanding the map of Europe right now? They're all in the north of Europe. They're not Scandinavian. They don't speak Dutch in the Scandinavians. Denmark is by uh, Norway. They're split. Oh, they're they're only split by Germany. But there's a big. Shut your bitch ass up! Shut your bitch ass up! Right. (laughs) Anyways, it's attributed to Denmark, so technically you are right. Um. So I'm always right. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) The first act, because it's a play, technically. Mm -hmm. The man introduces himself, um, and then he rests his head on an elf hill and is approached by elf maidens. They wake him and they invite him to dance. One elf sits on a golden chair and she sings the most beautiful song, enchanting all of those around her. Second act, uh, it affects the streams and the birds and the fish and everything stops. All the wild animals freeze. Um, They invite him to stay with them Offering inducements, which whatever inducements are, you know, <laughs> sex. Come on. Um, he, Come sits, on <laughs> he sits by while the dancing continues, refusing to interact, and the elves <clears throat> threaten to kill him if he does not stay with them. Ooh. Third act, a maiden brings him a drink. Have and sex with me or I'll kill you. Get that, in this puss or very, else. 
That's very uh, enticing. I mean, <laughs> sounds good to me. What are you going to do? <laughs> uh, a maiden brings him a drink, advising him to not partake. He obeys, offering to rescue her from the elves. She tells him that it is not possible. He says, God has come to help by sending the dawn to waken the cockerel. Which is a rooster. Yeah. In the, in the whole thing, it said cock, and I just felt like I should change it to rooster. Cockerel. Except mm-hmm. that one. Yeah. Otherwise, he would have ended up in the mountain with the elves. Uh, the advice is for young men to not ang- uh, hang out by the elf hills. Yeah. Just don't do it. Because those are all, all over. The- hey, I've actually heard of a story about, like, elf mounds, so I'll have to figure that one out. <laughs> what does it look like? Uh, like anthills. They say that anthills are like elf mounds. I don't want anything to do with it. It's kind of funny. Ooh. Sorry. They're filled with fire. Yeah. <laughs> so then we go to our last country before we go on to worldwide. Oh, God. Which includes a lot of sub subsets. Okay. Last one is Ireland, Ireland. or Scotland. Okay. Mm-hmm. How did you know? Oh, because I already said, said it. it. Shut the fuck up. Uh, so Ireland You've is... offered it to me several times as a choice. Ireland and Scotland has the Banshee. <laughs> so the Banshee woman of the fairy mound... Wait, isn't that supposed to be like a ghost? Not in this case. It's a fairy woman. Um, she's a female spirit in Irish mythology who heralds the death of a family member, usually by wailing, shrieking, or keening. Mm. Her name is connected to the mythological important tumulti, or mounds, that dot the Irish countryside, which are known as seed. seed. The elf mounds are called seed. Um, in Old Irish. Um, there are many different descriptions of the banshee. Sometimes she has long streaming hair and wears a gray cloak over a green dress. And her like eyes... grudge. Her eyes are red from continual weeping it's nothing like the grudge okay although when i was looking this up i did find the original demon that the grudge or the ring and the grudge are based upon Uh which i want to do an episode about do it um wait isn't it like some japanese thing yeah her name was like hakiki or something Uh uh-huh I don't, I don't want to go into it because I want to <laughs> okay. go further on in the second episode. Um, so she's, her eyes are continually red from weeping. Um, she may be dressed in white with red hair and have a ghastly complexion, according to a first-hand account by Anne Fanshawe in her memoirs. Um, Lady <laughs> Wilde in Ancient Legends of Ireland provides another uh, description. This honestly doesn't sound very enticing. To me, it's like... They're not supposed to be enticing. Oh, they're supposed to be scary. In Ireland here. Oh, okay. They're supposed to say, they're supposed to bring about the death of a loved one. Oh, yikes. Um, the size of the banshee is another physical <clears throat> feature that dif- differs from the regional accounts. Though some accounts of her standing unnaturally tall are recorded, the majority of tales that describe her height state that the banshee is short, anywhere between one foot and four feet. Oh, God. Her exceptional shortness often goes alongside the description of her as an old woman though it may also be intended to em- emphasize her state as a fairy creature. Yeah, I was going to say, this sounds like a like fairy creature elf thing, or else a child. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, we Trust know... Trust yeah, from children. Always avoid children. Trust your gut, avoid children, always. Always. Um, sometimes the banshee assumes the form of some sweet singing virgin of the family who died young. 
and has been given the mission by the invisible powers to become the harbinger of coming doom of mortal kindred. Harbinger. Um, or she may be seen at night as a shrouded woman crouched beneath the trees, lamenting with a veiled face, or flying past in the moonlight, crying bitterly. Witches. Um, <laughs> Witches. And the cry of, his, of the spirit is mournful beyond all other sounds on earth and betokens certain death to some members of the family whenever it is heard in the silence of the night. In Scotland, she's known as the Keening Woman, but very similar. Uh, she may be a professional person, an actual person that has this job of, of a keener. Um, the Which best ones would be in why? high demand. It's somebody who mourns oh. at your funeral. And you're paying someone to yep. come mourn at your funeral? Mm-hmm. Oh! Oh! oh my God! <laughs> Please give me that job. Yeah, honestly, I can go cry. In- well, no, I can't. You can do that. <laughs> I can do that. Drop of a fucking hat, bitch. <laughs> Give me a vodka soda and I'm good. <laughs> Just sit me down, put on fucking green magnolias. Steel magnolias. Green magnolias. Green tomatoes with steel magnolias. <laughs> Give me green tomatoes, placing steel magnolias. And is Waterwicks, bitch. Yeah, we're ready. Uh, so the Irish legend speaks of a lament of being sung by a fer- fairy woman or a banshee. Um, the Scottish woman would sing when a family member died or was about to die, uh, even if the person had died far away and their news of death had not been uh, delivered yet. In most cases, the wailing would be the first warning of a death in the household. Uh, the banshee is a predictor of death. If someone is about to in- enter a situation where it is unlikely that they will come out alive, she will warn them by screaming or wailing, giving rise to the banshee being known as the wailing woman. Okay. Uh, while several banshees appear at once, when several banshees appear at once, it indicates the death of someone great or holy. The tales sometimes recounted that the woman, though called a fairy, was a ghost, often a specific murdered woman, woman or a mother who died in childbirth. So wow. she's like a bringer of death. She's kind of like death and like, a witch. Hey, I'm letting you know that someone around you is about to die. Yeah. Or. Could have die. already is already dead and you don't know it. <clears throat> Essentially, oh my god, <laughs> Karen! Precisely. That, that's absolutely right. I believe it. So now we move on to the world in general's opinion on sirens. What do you think they're called? Um, sirens. Or mermaids. Mermaids. Yeah. Mermaids come from this. Okay. Although. Technically, mermaids are first. So, mermaids are very familiar in different parts of the world. The name in English comes from an old English word called merwife, merwif. Merwif. Mer being borrowed from French as the word for sea, and wife transforming into the new word maid, hence mermaid. Uh, mermaids have different legends worldwide, but the main consensus is that it is a person that is half human, half fish. And most scholars relate to the tale directly to the ancient Greek sirens as they are a combination of different animals. Mm-hmm. Although the skeptics will generally relate the old tales to sightings of manatees or seals. Yeah. Uh, the first depiction of mermaids are from about 1000 BC in Assyria. The goddess... Wow. <sighs> Atargatis, uh, mother of Assyrian queen... <laughs> Semiramis uh-huh. uh, loved a mortal, a shepherd, 
and unintentionally killed him. Ashamed. Whoops, you're dead. <laughs> I love you. I'm a god. Shit. Um, <laughs> his head came off. What do you mean? Um, ashamed, she jumped into a lake and took the form of a fish. But the waters would not conceal her divine beauty. Uh, thereafter, she took the form of a mermaid, human above the waist, fish below. Although the earliest representations of Atargatis showed her as a fish with a human head and arms, similar to the Babylonian god Ea. The Greeks recognized Atargatis under the name Derketo. Sometime before 546 BC, Millicent photographer, philosopher, Anaximander postulated that mankind had sprung from an aquatic animal species. He thought humans who begin life with prolonged infancy could have not survived otherwise. So in 546, he was like, yo, probably evolution. Yeah, we have never heard of any of this and we don't know anything about science, but I think we came from the water. So that's why there's mermaids. Interesting. Interesting. That's why take. we've come from the water because there's people. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that that makes sense. No. In Arabic culture, uh -huh. uh, mermaids are referred to in One Thousand and One Nights. Have you ever read that book? Mm -mm. It's a good ass book. Good ass book. It's where Aladdin comes from. A Thousand and One Nights. Oh, okay. Um, there. Uh, that's a good one that I should probably do. So A Thousand and One Nights is Shahrazad wrote it. Mm -hmm. Um, and she would tell these knights, she would tell these tales to the the king of something. Mm -hmm. um, and she would tell him, she said, every night, if I tell you a story, you can't kill me. Okay. <laughs> and he was like, okay. Okay, bitch. <laughs> so she would tell these stories, but she would leave off the ending. Uh -huh. So she could have to continue it from the next night going on to the next one. Uh -huh. So she kept it up for a thousand and one nights. Before he killed her? Yeah, he killed her at the end. <laughs> Mean. Did she write him down? Who wrote him down? Somebody. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad. You know. Um, so, in 1001 Nights, the collection includes several tales featuring sea people, mm -hmm. such as Julnar, Julanar, the seaborn, and her son, King Badr Basim of Persia. Unlike depictions of mermaids and other myths, um, these are automatically identical to land-bound humans, differing only in their ability to breathe, to breathe and live underwater. They can and do interbreed with land humans. Interesting. So they look just like humans, but they can... Can breathe underwater. Hmm. Um, which makes sense, because there's not a lot of water out there in Arabia. Well, unless they're staying around like, the, ocean. the Mediterranean Sea or the Red Sea. Anyway... Uh, or the Indian Ocean. The children. Or the Persian Gulf. Sorry. <laughs> um, and the children of such unions have the ability to live underwater. Uh, in the tale Abdullah and the Fisherman and Abdullah the Merman, the protagonist Abdullah the Fisherman gains the ability to breathe underwater and discovers an underwater society that is portrayed as an inverted reflection of the society on land. The underwater society follows a form of primitive communism where concepts like money and clothing don't exist. In the adventures of Bulukia, 
<laughs> the protagonist, Belukia's quest for the herb of immortality leads him to explore the seas where he encounters societies of mermaids. Okay. France and the Lowlands. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, France and the Lowlands have Melusine, or no, Melusine, a female spirit of fresh water and a sacred spring or river. She is usually depicted as a woman who is a serpent or fish below the waist, and she is sometimes illustrated with wings, two tails, or both. Oh, okay. Which, so she's got like serpent-like tail or fish, but has wings. Mm-hmm. Let me fly away from this fish. Bitch. <laughs> Bye. Which I didn't see a whole lot of, and there were other conflicting uh, stories on uh-huh. there, but I think that's Melusine is the one that Starbucks's logo is oh. designed after. Oh, interesting. Okay, I knew it was from something Dutch. Yeah. Um, so one tale says Melusine dis- uh, herself was the daughter of Fairy Priscine and King Elenius of Albany, now known as Scotland. Um, Melusine's mother leaves her husband, taking her daughters to the Isle of Avalon, after he breaks an oath to never let look her in the eye or her daughters. After, after he breaks an oath, where he's never to look at his wife or his daughters in the bath, and he does. Um, many of them do. She marries many men. Um, after they look at her... She leaves. She, was, I'm she grows her wings she's in, and escapes. In the bath, she has a tail. She has a tail in the yeah. bath. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in the Slavic countries, so Rasalkas are the Slavic counterpart of Greek sirens and naiads. Uh, the nature of Rasalkas vary among folk traditions, but they are the restless spirits of the unclean dead. They are usually the ghosts of young women who died a violent or untimely death, perhaps by murder or suicide, before their wedding, and especially in, by drowning. Rusalkas are have said to inhabit lakes and rivers, and they appear as young, beautiful women with long, pale green hair and pale skin, suggesting a connection with floating weeds and days spent underwater in faint sunlight. They can be seen after dark, dancing under the moon, and calling to young men by name, luring them into the river, and then drowning them. The characterization of Rusalkas as both desirable and treacherous is prevalent in Russia, Ukraine, and Belarus. In China. Oh, gosh. Man, these things really span worldwide, don't it's they? literally everywhere. Merfolk are mentioned in the Shanghai Jing Compilation of compilation of Chinese geography and mythology dating from the fourth century BC. The JRN or Shark People are mentioned in Baoji and a number of other texts, including the Shu Yi records of strange things, early sixth century common era. Mm-hmm. The Yue Zhong Jiwen, Yu Che Shi Xuan, Yue Cheng Shi Wen. For fuck's sake, why did I do China two days in a row? Young Cheng Shi Wen, the scenes and herds, or the jottings on the South China Sea, contains two accounts concerning mermaids. In the first, 
a man captures a mermaid, or a sea woman, on the shore of Lantau Island. She looks him in every re- she looks to him to be human in every aspect, expect- except that her body is covered with fine hair of many colors. She can't talk, but she takes home he takes her home and marries her. After his death, the mermaid returns to the sea where she was found. In the second story, a man sees a woman lying on the beach while his ship is anchored offshore. On closer inspection, her feet and hands appear to be webbed. She is carried to the water and expresses her gratitude towards the sailors before swimming away. In Korea, some villages near the sea, there are mysterious stories about mermaids. Mermaids have features just like humans. Kim Dam-ryong, who was a mayor of the town, saved four captured mermaids from a fisherman, as recorded in Yuyadam, in Dongabayak Island of Busan. There's a tale of Princess... Oh, this is my favorite. Of Princess Huang... Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Her last name is okay. <laughs> Huang Okay, from the kingdom of Naranda, a mythological undersea kingdom of mermaids. This tale is based on the historical Hyo Huang Okay from India. Another tale, a mermaid named Sinjike warns of impending storms by singing and throwing rocks into the sea from Jeoman Island. The island's Take resident... this! There's a storm coming, bitch! Look at that shit! Get the fuck out! Uh, the island's residents believed her to be a goddess of the sea and that she could predict the weather. Now, these are just women that are fucked up on meth. There's no meth. Okay. They're fucked up on... Opium. Opium, yeah. <laughs> Precisely. Um, the Japanese... Niningyo. N- <laughs> literally human fish. Ningyo. Ningyo. Whatever. Uh, don't come for me for all of my presentations on this podcast. No, because last time I got called out for Edinburgh. <laughs> and that's how I'm going to say it from now on. So Whatever. <laughs> Niningyo <laughs> is glossed as being uh, part human, female, and part fish. Specific to Japan, merfolk are not given a gender at all. Uh, there is a tradition where the female head is attached to a full-on fish body. It's just full-on head on a fish body. No arms, anything like that. Just great. Yep. Um, I don't even know how that anatomically works. <laughs> Whatever. They're all fake anyway. Yeah. Um, and then oh, there's they're a... all fake. Okay. We'll get there. Because mm-hmm. I got a section about that. Okay. Um, there's accounts in the Toriyama Saikin's Hayaki Yaigyo series <laughs> that describes it as a yokai. Have you ever heard of a yokai? No. Bitch, did you watch Inuyasha? No. Anyways. You've already asked me this on multiple Fuck podcasts off. in the past. All of the monsters in Inuyasha are called yokai, which okay. is like a, de- a demon. Uh-huh. Um, the, our particular gender is not clear here, as it is only given as being a human face with a fish body. The Saiken equates uh, nigyo uh, to the <laughs> D people, or diren, which are described in the classical of mountains and seas, translated to low people. Okay. Demons. Another famous Japanese ninjo uh, legend concerns the Yalbekuni, who is said to have partaken of the flesh of merfolk and attained miraculous longevity and lived for centuries. 
Uh, it is not discernible whether the fish or the flesh was a female. A pair of translators call it a flesh of a mermaid in one book, but merely strange fish with a human face in another. Uh, isn't there like a, a Japanese creature that the that Magikarp is based off of that's like all just like a fish swamp monster kind of thing? Mm, I didn't read anything about Pokemon. Oh, okay. Continue. <laughs> Perhaps he had some uh, DSLs, Magikarp. Yeah. True. <laughs> In Hinduism, Suyanmacha oh. uh, <sighs> Hanuman, Suyanmacha <laughs> is the name of the tale. Hanuman was building a causeway. He discovered that he was being hampered by mermaids underwater. When Sita is kidnapped, her husband Rama enlists Hanuman's aid in rescuing her. Uh, Hanuman learns that Sita is being held captive on the island of Lanka. He informs Rama, her husband, who orders him to build a causeway to Sri Lanka from India so Rama's army can attack. Hanuman collects his band of Vanaras, and they begin throwing huge boulders into the sea to make a fountain. Foundation! Make a fountain! (laughs) Foundation for the causeway. After a few days, they notice something is wrong, and Hanuman calls to report they tell him that each day they throw rocks into the sea and the next day they're gone hanuman asks for volunteers to join him while he instructs others to continue throwing rocks into the sea when several volunteers have stepped forward hanuman leads them into the waves they found a large number of mermaids underwater as they watch a new rock is tossed in the mermaids living under the water take the rocks and carry them away Hanuman looks for their leader. He spots a lovely mermaid supervising the others. He swims towards her, but she skillfully evades him. Time and time... She's a fucking mermaid. Of course she did. I mean... She's like, bye, bitch. I heard they're good swimmers. (laughs) How weird. Uh, Time and time again, he begins an attack, but it comes to nothing. Hanuman finds he is falling in love with the creature. (laughs) He changes his tactics and begins to silently woo her. She responds to him, and soon they are together at the bottom of the sea. Oh, God. Later, Hanuman asks the mermaid why she is stealing the rocks. She tells him that she is Suyanmacha, a daughter of Ravana, the demon who had had abducted Sita. When Ravana saw Hanuman's Varanas building a causeway, he instructed Suyanmacha to stop it. Hanuman believes the mermaid why he is building... Hanuman tells the mermaid why he's building the causeway. He tells her of the abductions of Sita and the battle between Rama and her father Ravana and why they started to build the bridge to Sri Lanka. Suyanmacha turns to Hanuman and her eyes were filled with love. No more, she said, would she prevent Hanuman from completing his mission. Her mermaids underwater would in fact return all the stolen rocks to the causeway. They parted as lovers, but in the end... Mm, they blew up the rocks. It was not to be for them. Oh my gosh. Hanuman left a seed with Suyan Macha, and soon she would give birth to their son, Machu. Machanu. Interesting. <laughs> Damn. Africa! <laughs> Mammy Water, literal mother of water, are water spirits 
venerated in East, Central, and Southern Africa, and in the African diaspora of the Caribbean and the parts of North and South America. They are usually female, but sometimes male. Um, they are regarded as diabolical, build diabolical beings and are often femme fatale. Ooh. Luring men to their deaths. The Persian word maneli means mermaid. Um, in Zimbabwe, mermaids are known as ninjuzu. They are believed to be solitary and occupy only one body of water. Individual ninjuzu may be benevolent or malicious. Angry ninjuzu may be blamed for unexpected misfortunes, such as bad weather or sudden disappearances of people. Benevolent ninjuzu are thought to reside in peaceful lakes or rivers. Wait, this is in Zimbabwe? A fucking lion ate someone. <laughs> someone disappeared. Literally everything in that continent is trying to kill you. Almost like Australia. The ants are trying to kill you. All the animals out there are trying to kill you. Everyone's trying to kill you. <laughs> Everyone is taking everyone. They're trying to make it better for themselves, okay? If they okay. want a story, okay. let them have a story. Sure. It's a mermaid in one river or <laughs> in lake. a shallow puddle. Exactly. Uh, that was what it was from uh, Courage of Calorie Dog. Just a puddle? It was a puddle. Yeah. Mm. Um, Blah, 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 blah. If a missing person goes missing near a lake or a river, he or she may have been taken by the Nujuzu. To obtain the person's release, local elders will brew a beer as a propitiary offering and ask the Nujuzu to return the person alive. Those seeking the person's release are not supposed to cry or shed tears. If the Nujuzu releases the person, he or she will become regarded as a Naanga, or a traditional healer with knowledge of herbs, medicinal plants, and cures. So they get granted powers if they don't cry. If they are, if they escape the Nujuzu. Oh, if you okay. escape from the mermaid, then yes, you get okay. powers. Um, and that's pretty much all of the world where there's mermaids. So everywhere. Yep. Interesting. There's some sightings, too. Oh, gosh. In 1493... <gasps> 1492, what happened? the Asian... What? Yeah. Keep going. Some bitch sailed the Asian seas. No. I was rhyming with three, not two. Yeah. In 1493, sailing off the coast of Hispaniola, Christopher Columbus spotted three sirens, or mermaids in Spanish, serenas. Salinas. Salinas? <gasps> she... Uh, is that... I mean... She's all... She's everywhere. Uh, which he said were not as beautiful as they were represented. Represented due to some masculine features in their face. But these were considered to be sightings of manatees. Uh, the sightings were often recounted and shared by sailors and pirates who believed that mermaids brought bad luck and would bewitch them into giving their gold and dragging them to the bottom of the sea. Two sightings were reported in, in Canada near Vancouver and Victoria. Uh, one sometime between 1870 and 1890, the other from 1967. Wow. A Pennsylvania man, fisherman reported five sightings of a mermaid in the Susquehanna River near Marietta on June 1881. Okay. Uh, there are some hoaxes appropriated with uh, mermaids. Uh, a celebrated example of mermaid hoax was the Fiji mermaid exhibited in London in 1822 and later in America by P.T. Barnum in 1842. In this case, an investigator claims to have traced the mermaid's manufacture to a Japanese fisherman. Although billed as a mermaid, this has also been bluntly referred to as Barnum's mermaid. Merman, uh, in many pieces of journalism. 
In the middle of the 17th century, John Tredescant, the elder, created a Wunderkammer called Tredescant's Art, which displayed, among other things, a mermaid's hand. So, so, so they cut off someone's hand and was like, oh my god, we have a mermaid's it's hand. It's a mermaid hand. Look at the webbed fingers. Okay. <laughs> so a lot of it is just a lot of um, sailors who drank too much salt water uh, and is, they're delirious, um, haven't eaten enough fruit, so they've got scurvy and they're about to die. Um, that or men that ran away and the women are like, it was mermaids. <laughs> they took my mans. He got into the ocean and he ran away. Or men that different... cheated on women and they were like, oh my God, I was under a spell. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, sure. It was a mermaid. Okay. What was her name? Elden, Eldenaha? Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay. Get in this house. Just get in the Muhammad, get in the fucking house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I love that. A lot of mermaid culture. That's a um, lot. I've always been always... Always been always. Yep. I've always been intrigued by the idea of mermaids just because it's really like... Uh, did you ever see Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah. Whenever they um, like they encounter the mermaids or whatever. Did you ever see that part? I don't remember which movie that I was. I only watched like two. Oh, okay. Well, there was one part they actually encountered mermaids where at first they were like these beautiful animals, but then when they got in their waters and disturbed them, they turned into these like ravenous like piranhas almost like where they destroyed everything. And I thought oh, that was a really that. interesting take. Because uh, it was like, oh my god, everyone always sees these mermaids as like beautiful, this creatures. beautiful, like oh, elegant, you know, everything. And like they came up and started destroying. Shit. I was like, that's a. I think time. that's a more realistic. Yeah, exactly. Interpretation of exactly because it's a more true idea of like what these mermaids actually were. They're ready um, to drown you. Yeah, and I always just feel bad for the manatees too because manatees are um, beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) They look happy. They look happy. They look like they're having a lot of fun. And people, like when we were in Florida, there were a bunch of like um, signs that were like, these boats have to go like super slow in the waters because you might run over a It's like, man, these things are dumb. (laughs) I'm sure they're smart. I'm sure if any of my marine biologist friends are listening to this, they'll probably be like, how dare you? Do you know how important to the ecosystem they are? They're going to... Literally cause all the climate change if they all die. <laughs> I don't. I think that would actually not not be upper, not be uh, something's happening on some. That's a big ass vehicle going somewhere. Oh, it's a fire truck. Oh, get her, Jade. Fire! <laughs> I don't even know her. <laughs> well, I decided to go ahead and continue. I mean, really. So, what do you guys hear? What is your theme? Your I'm going to continue your theme, not my theme. What? International November. Yeah. So I decided to go abroad, abroad, hopped, hopped across the pond, and I was like, you know what? I don't hear many stories about Germany being the bad guy ever. So I'm going to say, Are you sure? <laughs> Sure they have a lot of serial killers. <laughs> I, I stole that what from in particular? Parts and Rec. Um, so I'm going to talk about a German serial killer who actually was not a German serial killer. He just has a German name. Um, so I'm going to talk about Karl Denke. Denke. Have you ever heard of him? I have. <gasps> I don't know all of the specifics. Oh, bitch. I got plenty. Because at first... He eats people, right? I only made it to like one page in... 
And I was like, man, I got nothing. And I found a police report, and I was like, bitch. So I just copied the entire police report. So I'm going to read the, the report for us. Um, so we're going to start. Let me paint this picture. February 11th, six, what? 1860. <laughs> I apparently have dyslexia. 1600. 16. Yes. <laughs> Martin Luther. Uh, lots of robes. Lots of that weird thing where there's hair all the oh way around, God. but the, the bald on the top. The monk cut? Yes. Uh, when, when I was in fish camp in college, people used to do that. <laughs> because it, fish camp was like dye your hair, dress crazy, do all the sorts of crazy things. So one crazy thing would be that they would shave all of the top of their head and then just dye the sides and then wear a hat until like some random point they just take it off and it was just so shaved. <laughs> Isn't oh that crazy? God, you people are fucking stupid. Yeah, they're stupid. <laughs> yeah, we were stupid. <laughs> Anyways, so he was born on February 11th of 1860 in Münsterberg. Oh, I love that cheese. Silesia, in the kingdom of Prussia, Prussia. which is now part of Poland. The city I could not pronounce to save my life. Let me see. Uh, I didn't write it down. Ah. <laughs> it was like Z-I-E, no, Z-I-E with a little like curly underneath the E, B, I don't know, I don't remember what the spelling was, but... It's got like Zeitfens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it has like 10,000 people in it. So Polish um, is weird. They've got so many little, little things little on things. those letters. Yeah, I know. That's why I was well, like, I'm not even going to try like it. Two? So I just figured. You know what's worse than that is Vietnamese. Well, because they only have one syllable for each letter. Everything. It, like, every... This question mark over top's like, maybe it's different. <laughs> <laughs> just ask it like it's a question. Perhaps. But? I wonder what that's for. Have you seen those before? No, I haven't. There used to be this Vietnamese church that we'd pass all the time. And it had its title in English and then its title in Vietnamese. Yeah. And there was like question marks over two E's. And I was like, do they not, do they Are you not certain know what sound that? it makes? <laughs> Is it just up to the interpretation? It's a, it's just... What what do you think? What what do you, how do you how does it make you feel? How do you feel right now? That's that's what that's, you're supposed to make it sound like. That, hmm. You are know. you angry? Just. Uh. Are you sad? Oh. Are you happy? That's us when we're happy at the, at the bars. Ah! Full on white claws different every time you say it. White claw. White claw. White claw. White claw. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Uh, I love that. Um, so that's why I just went ahead and called it Münsterberg, because I could pronounce that one. Um, his family was a bunch of farmers. Mm-hmm. Uh, little is known about his childhood, except that he was referred to as a quiet, soft-spoken child who was difficult to raise. At the age of 12, he ran away from home. I don't know where he went, but... You know, <laughs> under a bridge. But yeah. After graduating from elementary school, <laughs> bitch, he's ready. Dinka became an apprentice of a gardener and made a life for himself at the age of 25. Because apparently when what? you turn 25, you are graduated from gardening school. <laughs> I was about to say, I mean, graduated from elementary school and at the ripe age of 25, <laughs> you like, made either you graduated elementary school late or that's a lot of gardening yeah, school. You got a lot of gardening going on there, sir. Um, it was like these are called leaves. We've been uh, over this so many times. They're leaves. What? what? Are they? 
<laughs> could you can we do a refresher course on this please we've literally made it once you mean to say tree grass Chris, tree. is that right <laughs> <laughs> trees and grass. No, grass leaves. On the tree. <laughs> you can have grass leaves. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, this is too much. You gotta be kidding, right? I need to leave. <laughs> I need to excuse myself from one to 90 days, please. The next thing you're gonna tell me, rocks are different from the ground. They are. <laughs> <laughs> Vomits out of surprise. <laughs> so... Then, Dinka's father died, and his older brother inherited the family farm. Carl inherited a small part of the money uh, and bought his own land where he tried farming. You know what? That did not go well, so his farm quickly failed. Yeah, because he doesn't know what fucking leaves are. Forced him to sell it. Uh, then he bought a house, but then inflation drove him to sell the property as well. So what, what does he do? 1860 So he was born in 1860, so we're looking at like 1890s-ish kind of us at that point. Leading up to World War One, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he refused to move out. So he was like, you know what? I'm going to live on this small part of this property. You guys can have the house and do whatever. But I'm going to, like, still stay. Like, you right see that here. outhouse out there? Yeah. It's going to be he your bitch's bedroom. And, like, this little, like, one bedroom thing that was, like, attached to the side of the house. Um, so he ran a shop nearby where he sold meat. Remember this. Because uh, that will come back. It's people. Um, he also volunteered as a cross-bearer and an organist for the local Lutheran church and was well-liked by the community. As I said, this was a town at the time was only like 9,000 people. Um, well, probably smaller than that because last census of nowadays time showed 9,000 people. So I don't know how many people were actually in this town, but there was not many. Um, so now it's time. 9,000 is still larger than shirts. Well, Shirts is actually bigger than that right now. Shirts has got like 20,000 people. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. You can't count the sheep, Chris. They don't count as people. Ew. <laughs> we don't have sheep. We have cows. cows. Horses. They don't count Goats. as people. They don't count as people. We got lots of those. <laughs> we got lots of people. We got lots of those. Um, you want to count rocks? We got lots of those too. <laughs> we have a uh, like dump uh, dump site that used to be a dump site, and now it's like a mountain and filled with old old garbage, condoms, and toasters. It's like a little forest now. Oh, it's so cute. I love but it's that. like you guys have a bunch of trash underneath there. It's gross. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> let's go digging. Say, so, I know. Well, what kind of trash can we turn into treasure here? Um, now it's time for some. There it is. This time, once again, we will have to work backwards because mm, we don't have a storyline. Um, so on December 21st of 1924, one of Dinka's tenants... 1924? Uh, yeah, we jumped forward. We skipped over a lot. Yeah, bitch. Um, a coachman... I don't know what the fuck that means. And what year was he born? 1960. And it's 1924? Yes. He's 64. Yes. He's old. You old. Okay, so some of the accounts said that he was born in 1870, and others said 1860. They both got the day right, not the year. So I'm like, what the fuck? You guys, that's 10 years apart. I mean, sixes and sevens look a whole lot alike. Especially in Poland. Where they have like a little C underneath, and then a question mark (laughs) off to the right side. Precisely. So he could be. This is either a one, a two, a three, a four, a five, a six. 
or a seven? Maybe a nine. Not eight, though. Fuck those eights. I mean, <laughs> it's all a possibility. <laughs> well, maybe an eight. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so he could be 64 or he could be 54. We don't know. Um, Still. But so he's old. That's a lot of old to be yeah. murdering people. And he made it through World War I. Uh, I don't think he was in the army or anything. Because uh, Poland wasn't involved in World War I, I don't think. Um, oh, wait, no, Prussia was. Prussia was. Prussia was like a main contender. Yeah. Maybe he was just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you see... <laughs> I don't know what the difference between leaves and grass is, so, so I don't I think this is a good idea for anybody for me to do this. I gotta stay out of this one. <laughs> um, so a coachman by the name of Gabriel heard cries for help from Dinka's part of the house downstairs. Gabriel rushed down to help and found a young man staggering along the corridor, blood streaming from his open scalp. Ooh. Before the man fell unconscious on the floor, the victim blurted out that Papa Dinka had attacked him with an axe. The victim was a homeless man named Vincennes Olivier, which led police to not originally believe his story because the town only had about 9,000 people in it. So everyone knew every everyone knew everyone, and Carl Dinka had an upstanding reputation in the community. A doctor finally confirmed that Vincennes Olivier had been attacked by a heavy cutting tool. So the police were like, okay... And they went over and they arrested and questioned Dinka and placed him in a holding cell. Within hours, Dinka was found dead in his cell, having killed himself with either a handkerchief or his suspenders. The accounts vary. So on December 24th, three days later, they went to his house and searched, and they found the gruesome truth behind Papa Dinka. So, in order to describe what they saw here, it is best to refer to the report given by Friedrich Petruski, the then acting head of the Institute of Legal Medicine in Breslau. I don't Breslau. Know. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Um, so these are all quotes here. The first findings made in Dinka's house during the research, uh, during the search, were bones and pieces of meat. The latter were in a salt solution found in a wooden drum. There were altogether fifteen pieces of pieces with skin, two parts of the breast which were strongly hairy. The what? To- strongly hairy. Two parts of the breast. Two so, ma- chest male chest muscles. Yes. Okay. Um, the torso is cut through the middle, three fingers above the navel. Its lateral limit is a front shoulder blade. Uh, in the piece of the anterior abdominal wall, the middle of the navel is visible. The remaining pieces belong to the side and the back parts. The largest is about 40 by 20 centimeters large. The particularly, stri- par- particularly striking was the very clean anus with hand-large parts of both buttocks. The meat is brownish-red and does not feel as if the body would have lost much blood. On the back, some soft bluish discoloration is visible as well as liver mortis, which leads to the conclusion that the disassembly of the body took place several hours after death. There is no evidence of vital reaction of the bodies to the cuts made, which means that the latter were not made while the victims were still alive. Nevertheless, some skin and muscles from the neck were missing, as well as extremities, arms and legs, uh, head and sexual organs. Lesions could not be determined, nor the nature of death or tool of the crime. So, the 
genitalia was still attached to the main part of the body? No, these are missing. Nevertheless, some skin and muscles from the necks were missing, uh, as well as extremities. So arms and legs were missing, uh, the head and sexual organs. (gasps) So he took those. uh, And what did he do with them? We don't know. Not yet. Um, In three medium... That's gay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In three medium-sized pots filled with cream sauce, some cooked meat... Partially covered with skin and human hair was found. The meat was pink and soft. All pieces seemed cut from the gluteal area, the buttocks. One pot had only half a portion. Dinka must have eaten the other the other piece short before being arrested. In quote. filled in cream sauce. What a way! <laughs> oh God, oh. eat ass. <laughs> oh. He ate he ate plenty of ass in cream sauce. So he got it. Um, so that was the end quote of the first part of the, the report. Uh, while that assumption of him eating before he was uh, being arrested could have been true, it was not scientifically proven. So it is not actually known. It is also widely assumed that he was selling the meat yes. at his meat shop as well yes. and or feeding it to other traveling vagabonds so that he could also have them fall victim to his attacks. Um, so have he you was ever like, seen Sweeney Todd? Yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't ever seen it. No. Same thing. Yeah, exactly. he put people in their meat pies, right? Yes. Yeah. So good. Very similar idea, yeah. that's what I was The entire time I was thinking Sweeney Todd. Um, so, what is he eating? Ken! It's a plastic wrapper. <laughs> um, so, yeah. The, I, that's the entire time I was like, man, you guys are literally following... This man is saying, hey, come on in. I got some meat for you. But it's really just uh, human meat. That he's like, I'll feed you, but you're going to eat people. Um, so the ro- report continues. You ready? In the third pot were found numerous pieces of human skin and parts of the aorta in a gelatinous mess. A, a mass, not mess. Um, it's a, probably both. Yeah, pretty much. A bowl on the table in his room was filled with amber-colored fat that appeared to be human. Biological test gave a weak positive result for the presence of human protein. Amber-colored? Brown adipose tissue. Yeah. That doesn't get amber-colored, though. It's more of like a so whitish-yellow. In mammals, you have brown adipose tissue and white adipose tissue. Um, I don't remember which one is which, but one of them is typically around muscles, and the other one is like your fat actual fat-fat. Um, and so brown adipose tissue is actually like a thing. Yellowy? Yeah. It mm. looks brown. Like you can tell the difference between the two. Um, so the answer is yes. They do have like a brown kind of color. Um, or he could have been doing something with it. I don't know. My question was, what sort of test do you guys do in 1920 to be like, yep, it's human. Then again, okay, they had some pretty, they had technology was moving. Yeah. Yeah, Forensics were discovered around that time, yeah. I think. Okay. But not like, we know your blood, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just mostly like, this is blood. <laughs> <laughs> we tested its blood. <laughs> is it human? Meh. <laughs> uh, smells like it. <laughs> we'll see. Um, in the shed... Uh, in which the meat pieces were found was also a barrel full of bones that were cleaned of tendons, muscles, etc. That mostly, that most probably have been priorly cooked. 
The investigation initially revealed the existence of six forearm bones, which means that they belong to three people at least. Another, another traces. That's not even proper. And ooh, another traces were found behind the shed. A part of the leg remained in the pond that Dinka had dug many years before, and also skeletal pieces were uncovered in the local forest. Here is the full list of what has been sent to us for examination. 16 femurs, of which one pair of remarkably strong ones, two pairs of very thin ones, six pairs and two left left femurs, 15 medium-sized pieces of long bones, four pairs of elbow bones, seven heads of radi, uh, radi, radius, plural, uh, nine lower parts of radi, uh, eight parts, eight lower parts of the elbow, a pair of upper shin bone, Ooh, flip, a pair of lower elbows and radii, of which extremities still remain well connected, a pair of upper arms and a pair of upper heads, uh, upper arm heads, a pair of collarbones, two shoulder blades, 18 heels, no, eight heels and ankle bones. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Uh, 120 toes and phalanx. So, toes. Toes and fingers. Yeah. Uh, 65 feet and metacarpal bones. Five first ribs and 150 pieces of ribs. All bones, with the exception of a few, were very light, porous, and fatless. Which means they were cooked. They were cooked. Yeah, boiled. So, at the very least, you said 65 pairs of toe feet? Uh, 65 feet, yes. Feet so, and metacarpal bones. So, it uh, d- doesn't necessarily, necessarily mean the whole foot. Yeah, yeah. At the very most from those, 32 people. At so, the very least, yeah, eight. He kind of splits it up a little bit more. Um, in the municipal forest remained as well parts of a spine and four parts of a clean, dissected male pelvis, mm. which on one side showed traces of saw cutting. Only one piece of head bone was found. This is a piece of the inferior petrosal sinus area, uh, jagged on the front side. It looks broken and bears visible signs of sharp sawing on its top. This piece of bone is cross-marked with ink. Yeah, I don't know. I guess he was like, saw here. <laughs> X marks the spot. On the bone? This piece of bone is cross-marked with ink, yeah. Whoa. Given the size and condition of the bones, we can assume that there was one particularly strong individual, two others were of delicate bone structure, and another suffered from coxavera. I don't What's know what that, that means. I assume, like, bone deterioration. Vera means... Like glass in most Latin language. Ver means glass in most languages. So then might be thin glass bones. bones yeah. Uh, glass bone syndrome. Um, what? Is syndrome? I don't know. Yep. <laughs> I have paper skin and glass bones. <laughs> I'm just very feeble. <laughs> Given the size and condition of the bones, we can assume that there was one... Oh, where is that? Uh, the cutting surfaces of the bones are jagged. As if blunt force was applied, such as the blunt end of an axe or a hammer. Some bones were visibly sawed. Few spots showed traces of a sharp tool, an axe most probably. Similarly, such traces were found on the articulations, which must have been cut with a knife. 
Based on these findings, we were able to declare that the bones sent to us belonged to at least eight people, as okay. of right now. Um, more bones were, be, were to be discovered by uh, Polish homeowners after World War II, but the report continues. So there was a lot more bones that were discovered after World War II whenever Poland was now in charge of this area. And they were like, the people who owned this land were like, uh, y'all got some bones in y'all home? Because <laughs> there's a lot Were these here. from the war or... <laughs> who died here? Was this... Tell us about this. Yeah, this area wasn't really like a concentration camp, so... You live on an bones? island. Can you tell me where these came from? <laughs> why do you have these? Um... So the report continues. Considerably more revealing was Dinka's dental collection. We received a total of 351 teeth. These were found in a money bag and in two tin boxes on which pepper and salt was written, as well as in three paper bags which were destined to keep pepper. They were partly sorted uh, according to their size. The molars were in the money bag while the others were in two boxes and in a paper bag. Uh, and yet another paper bag were teeth that belonged probably to a single person, and in a third bag, three lower incisors were found with strongly atrophic structure. This was this one came probably from an old individual. All teeth, with the exception of six, were well preserved. The investigation led us to a very no- to very notable results. The remains of the bones were definitely of a minimum of eight victims. However, other circumstances of the case made it likely that the number of victims was much higher. The teeth that were found belonged certainly to at least 20 people. It is noted, however, that some individual teeth appear more than twice as often as is statistically expected. This concerns second premolars and incisors, which suggests that there might have been even more victims. So basically, they were saying these show up. Definitely a lot. eight. Yeah. Probably twenty, maybe more. No, yeah. De- there's definitely eight. There's most likely twenty, possibly more. Is basically what it's saying. Um, and they, because they're saying like the the premolars and the incisors are like okay, the number of times we're seeing these bones and other like in other pieces of this, like the other teeth. We're like, okay, well, these are teeth that don't show up that often, and we're seeing these pretty often. So we're thinking this is a lot of people. Um, The fact that the majority of the victims suffered from caries, so decaying teeth, uh, led us to think that the number of victims was higher. In addition, it must be stated that people in old age lack proper dental treatment. Uh, Professor Euler estimates cautiously that the teeth uh, belong to at least 25 individuals. The extractions were done in different ways. Some teeth seemed to have been taken out quite easily due to senile atrophy, while others were rather solidly rooted and extracted with some force. In many cases, we discerned parts of the alveolar wand. Um, I don't know what that means. Alveolar mm-hmm. wand. Sorry. Um, I was like the... Anyways. Um, some specimens, especially the molars... And premolars show fractures in tooth enamel that couldn't have occurred during the victim's lifetime. Unless on, they were, like, clenched. Yeah, exactly. Like, they were mm, getting it. Uh, on some of these, uh, on, on some, there are traces of claws with very sharp edges. So he was probably going with, like, pliers, pliers or, something. or something. Yeah. Um, 
The appearance of some roots seems to justify the assumption that the jaw has been cooked in advance. Uh, individual teeth have been broken, probably in the process of extraction. Hello. Um, also found were three pairs of suspenders made of human skin. Love it. Uh, there were seven leather straps also made of human skin. And the laces that were tied to these leather straps were made of human hair. Oh, my God. Yum. Strong material. So they also turned up identification papers for 12 traveling journeymen, uh, plus assorted items of male clothing. They had, like, bags and bags of clothing. They found, like, 40 pieces of, like, clothing. 40, 40 like, full pieces of clothing. They were like, uh, could it have been 40 people? And he has 40 people's clothes. Um, in Dinka's ledger, so he had, like, a journal... Uh, they found listed names and dates with the respective weights of bodies he had pickled dating back to 1921, including the intended victim, Vincennes Olivier, as well. So this entire time they're like, oh, we might have this many victims. But it's like, in this paper, he's like, this is what I got. I got this many bodies. So he had 31 listed victims, but Vincennes was also on there and Vincennes lived. Uh, so he technically had 30, 30 people that he had written down that he had killed. I'm sure like 100 people in, he was like, maybe I should keep, keep a record of this. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what, this dated back to 1921. This man lived in this town starting in the early 1900s or late 1890s. Uh, so it's like, he's been around for 30 years now, probably killing, and he mostly killed homeless people and prostitutes. They call them tramps, but prostitutes. Oh, God, I love that. I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, how old? Uh, but, yeah, so he preyed on, like, homeless people and these prostitutes that no one would really pay attention to or people who were traveling into town and were supposed to leave. Because once again, yeah, once again. This Nobody's going to miss them. During that time that you move a town over and they're like, where'd they go? What's they your don't name? exist anymore. My so name's Rufus. They could just disappear and be like, oh, he's gone. Okay, bye. <laughs> yep. So, and this guy was like, oh, I'm just a cross bearer and the organist of the church. Like, it's fine. He's would not you, would you like a wafer? Yeah. You, you want some of this? He's, he's a good guy. He's not killing anyone. He's eating people. Eating them. And Cooking selling them. their meat to different yeah, people. Exactly. Who don't know they're eating Making people. Making a life off of selling meat. And plus, like, the part about uh, how the, the meat was still red, he obviously didn't, like, let them bleed out or drain the blood. He killed them like a slaughterhouse animal. Like, made sure that they were going to be good quality pieces of meat. <laughs> just, just disgusting to me. Yep. Yeah. So, that's Carl Dinka. He uh, killed a lot of people. Uh, there's no really knowledge of how, how many. many. Uh, and we will never find out because he killed himself in the holding cell. He knew exactly what the police were going to find in his house. So he was like, you know what? He Jeffrey Epstein? Yeah. Jeffrey, just, Epstein, didn't Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Yep. <laughs> All uh, the memes on the internet. <laughs> LOL. LOL. I saw somebody that posted a picture of stockings at target and they were like oh my god target already has their christmas decorations up and it says jeffrey <laughs> jeffrey epstein killed himself or didn't, didn't kill, kill himself. himself yeah i love because i love the cat meme right now so anyone who follows me on instagram definitely knows that uh i love the one that was like the women screaming like jeffrey epstein didn't kill himself and the cat on the other end of the table is like we actually agree on something <laughs> i love that <laughs> love that um I think we should draw to a close here so uh next week we'll have some 
final UK things for you guys. Finally. And uh, after all this time, some more international things. Ooh, I wonder what country I'm going to go to next. I mean, that's my theme, so you don't have to, but you can if you want. Well, I didn't know that it was just yours. Sorry. Did I not say it was my theme? You just said it was a theme, not my. Oh, okay, fine. Well, then I don't have to follow your theme. Well, don't. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) But I probably will. You should probably do it. (laughs) I'm just going to do this. This quick uh, rundown of something. You know. We got stuff to uh, discuss. Of course, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Economy Works, a freelance talent network that connects professionals with project work. If you're a company that needs help with writing job descriptions, conducting market analysis, managing your social media platforms, Economy Works has an extensive talent network to help you do more with less. Yeah. Economy Works. When we work, the economy, economy works. works. Find out more at economyworks.com. That's E C O N O M I W O R K S.com. Also, you need to listen to some gay stuff. Oh my God. We got a podcast for you, bitch. You want to know what it's called? Tell me. Let's, Let's talk, talk about gay stuff. <laughs> Where you can learn about the latest and greatest in the gay. Uh, latest? They talk the about the most historical and <laughs> stuff that's gay. <laughs> Come on down. Let's oh, talk about gay stuff. In the, Kennedy's talking. It? Kennedy, bro, I, he won't yawn on cue. Well, he just did it. He'll do this. Woo! <laughs> he loves. Let's talk about gay stuff. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, but if you want to follow us, oh my God. your favorite Where should they find us, Spencer? Tell me all of it. <clears throat> I think that if you go to uh, OurSpoopyPodcast.com, uh-huh. you could probably find us. Uh-huh. And maybe OurSpoopyPodcast at Instagram.com. Uh-huh. And OurSpoopy at Twitter.com. Uh-huh. And OurSpoop at Facebook.com. You could maybe find something. And you can also send us an email at OurSpoopyPodcast at gmail.com. If you go on Twitter... I'm typically the one that responds on Twitter. So. Fuck off. <laughs> because I'm always on my phone and I see Twitter. I'm like, <gasps> a gay. <laughs> Those gays. So if you want to get a, a response directly from Chris, HMU. If you want a response from Spencer, go on Gmail. <laughs> Gmail. Because he's the only one who has access to that. I do Facebook a lot of the time. Oh, yeah, you do. You're right. Um, but yeah. You remember? Spoopy. Do you have an opinion, sir? <laughs> No, he's not. <laughs> Anyways, you should always remember that if you're listening to this podcast, you should get, get spooky with it. it.